and Lauren, are you able to pull that uh, phrase up, all my delight is in you, Lord, that last song we just sang, please? All right. Well, good morning, family, guests, everyone. It's so good to see you here this morning. I am really looking forward to sharing God's word with you. And I was just sitting there thinking how I am looking forward to eating with you all. And I'm not talking about potluck. We have an opportunity to sup, to eat on the eternal word of God together. And that's, that's part of what we're created for. So I'm going to share God's word, and we're just going to trust the Holy Spirit to reveal truth to us. Um, he is definitely speaking to our hearts. Um, let's pray. Father, I thank you in Jesus' name for just creating us, giving us life. You didn't have to. It's out of your own will, your own choosing to share yourself. Lord, thank you for redeeming those who have put their faith in Christ. And Lord, just pray for your anointing, your life, your power as I share your words, that it would be Yeshua, Jesus, Holy Spirit, not me. God, we need to be changed. We need to be uh, filled with your spirit. But God, that's what you want to do. So we're going to trust you to do it today. Um, just do what you do best, God. In Jesus' name, amen. <clears throat> um, today, I'm going to be talking about um, that there, there's definitely been an invitation. I heard Pastor mention it earlier. There's a divine invitation towards you. There's an invitation, but it's not just from another human being. This is a divine, God-ordained invite, invitation to you. <clears throat> and there's a call. There's a call going forth from God, through his Holy Spirit, through his word, through the church, to you. And as we were singing that song, <clears throat> these words, all my delight is in you, all my hope, all my strength, all my delight is in you, Lord. To some of us in here, we've tasted that. Now, is it all? Probably not. We all have straying hearts, but many here have tasted that. My delight is in Jesus. You satisfy me. But for some in here, you may sing those words and be like, Lord, I just, it's not true for me. I'm not experiencing that right now. You are being called, invited into that reality. That is what you were created for. God Almighty is calling us to be able to believe that and to walk in that. So there's hope. Don't be condemned if you're not experiencing that. There's going to be some changes that need to be made in our lives, but God wants that. Because when we're satisfied in God, we're going to share him and leak him out of us into others. So that is what he's calling us to. Praise the Lord for that. <clears throat> I'm thankful for that. Um, so one of the main verses I'm going to share from today, is, and I'm going to read a few different passages, uh, but I'm also going to share single verses. So I'll try to give you a heads up when I'm going to read a passage if you want to turn there. But uh, I will be reading from Ephesians 1, but I'm going to start 
uh, with verse 17 and 18. <clears throat> so Ephesians 1, verse 17 and 18. Or actually, I'll, I'll do 16. <clears throat> Paul says, I do not cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, having the eyes of your hearts enlightened or illumined, that you may know the hope to which he has called you. So there's a hope that God has called these Ephesian believers, but all those whom he's called. There's a hope. And who's the one calling? It's not you. It's not me. It's God. We're talking about the being who spoke the sun, who spoke the beautiful stars and the moon, created the human brain. This God is way beyond us. But in his humility and in his love, he calls out to a people who have rebelled from him, a people who have not trusted in him at times, a people like myself who have lived independently of him. But he is calling He's calling those people. And Paul prays that the eyes of their heart would be enlightened to know the hope of the call. The Greek word for call or calling is actually, I thought this is so cool, it's invitation. It's an invitation. So God wants you to know the hope of his invitation. An invitation has been sent. Praise the Lord. <laughs> That's amazing. <clears throat> but before we get further into that, I want to address the first and greatest commandment. Who knows what the first and greatest commandment is? Say it louder, Diane. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, your mind, and your strength. That is the first and greatest commandment. That's what Jesus said. But that is absolutely impossible in our own strength. No human can love God with all of his heart, all of her soul, all of her strength. It's impossible because we have a fallen, self-centered interior in nature. It's impossible. However, all things are possible to him who believes. <clears throat> we have no problem loving ourselves I've heard it said where people are like, you need to love yourself more. And at times I probably believe that. Man, I need to love myself more. But when you think about it, we love ourselves a lot. We don't have a problem loving ourselves. Now, we can disguise it. I can disguise it. I, you know, um, whether it's self-pity, whether it's, I can even serve loving myself, religious acts of doing and doing but it's for myself. We don't have a problem loving ourselves, but God is calling us to love him, and he can do that in our hearts, but we have to have the eyes of our hearts illumined, opened, to know the hope of this invitation. What are you inviting us to? What, are you, what is this? You're calling us to what? It's amazing. But 1 John 4.19 says, we love... Because he first loved us. We have to go back to that. 
We cannot love him in our own strength. But the more we understand the cross, what does the cross mean? A holy God created humanity. We rebelled and deserve wrath because God is just and he's good. He keeps his integrity. But he sent Jesus to die on the cross, to suffer, to bear our shame, to be rejected, to be sinless, so that as we put our faith in him, we can have that relationship. And when we grasp that, man, I deserve wrath. Man, I'm not a good person. I want to believe I'm a good person. That's a daily challenge for me. But when I go to the cross and see that, it's like, man, God, I deserve wrath. Ephesians tells us we were children of wrath. That's God saying that. We have to get out of our own minds of defining us and love and go to what the Bible says and live according to that. But when we go back to the cross, we love because he first loved us. He didn't have to die on a cross for you or for me, but he chose to. He is amazing. This morning, uh, so a question is, how do we get this love into our house, hearts? How do we love God like that? I'm going to share a few things that this morning um, in our apartment, we, we had a little time of prayer and we were talking about this. So I'm going to share some of the things that the guys shared in our time together this morning. How do we get this kind of love in our hearts? Um, these are just a few things, um, but one of them, uh, it was mentioned, was the Word of God. This book is actually a love book. We've got to read the Word of God. If I want God's love in my heart, if I'm going to love Him, I've got to be a person who is reading, chewing on, eating, meditating, believing, acting on the Word of God. It's really a love book. Yeah, there's some crazy stuff, and there's some things that don't look like love in the human mind, but God didn't have to come as a human and die on a cross. That's love. So this is a book of love. We must be people of the word. But someone else mentioned it's relationship. It's not just reading the word. When we're filled with the Holy Spirit, we enter into relationship with God. So it's relationship. Um, another person mentioned Pretty much staying, when you're in surgery, staying on that table. When God is working on you, when God is going deep, when your will is crossed, or when you're really struggling, or you're being disciplined by God, staying on the table, staying underneath the scalpel of the divine surgeon, because he's forming something in you. And it was also mentioned that essentially it's a battle, it's a struggle, but we don't have to necess- we don't fight to get God's love in our hearts. Jesus did that. But it is a fight to believe. Believing can be a fight. God, I believe, help my unbelief. We have to fight the fight of faith. So God wants us to know his love. He wants us to know his love. Um, we have it pretty comfortable here in America and where we live for the most part. If we looked at other countries, other regions where Christians are persecuted, we really have it quite comfortable. How do these Christians stand when they're faced with persecution? How do they stand when they're faced with losing their homes losing their children or their spouses? 
How do they stand in faith and still honor and love God who called them out of darkness but into relationship? How do they stand? It's not their own strength. It's not necessarily a, just a Bible verse they remembered. It's loving God back. It's knowing the depth and width and length and height of his love for them and therefore saying, God, I don't understand this. God, this is horrible in my natural mind. This is, I don't get this, but God, you are good. You died on a cross for me. You have an inheritance for me. You are faithful. You intend for my good. It's love. It's the fear of the Lord, and it's loving God back. And God wants us to have that kind of love. It's not time for us to be comfortable and just enjoying life to ourselves. God is calling. Whether you don't know the Lord and are living your own path, or you know God, He's still calling. There's a call going forth, and it's a call to God the Father who loves you. It's an invitation out of your own thinking, your own mind, getting stuck in this. It's an invitation out of um, addiction or bondage. It's an invitation out of bitterness and just self-love and selfishness. There's a call. There's an invite saying, come out of that. I've got better and it's me. And God is calling us as his church to that, to him, so that we will stand when we are faced with temptation. When we are faced, one day maybe one of us in this room will be called to live or be in a third world country. Maybe persecution will come to someone here because God calls you to boldly proclaim the gospel in a grocery store or on the street or in a college campus or to a coworker, a family member, and, and there's some type of persecution. How are we going to stand? Not alone stand, how are we going to do that? It's got to be the love of God in our hearts. Lord, you're worthy of it all. You're worthy of my rights. You're worthy of my comfort. You're worthy of my trust. You're worthy of my actual entire life. Psalm 63, I think verse 3, I just read it, says, uh, because your steadfast love is better than life. I believe it says, my lips will praise you. His steadfast love better than life. Is that a reality in my life? Is that a reality in your life? To degrees, somewhat. But you know what? If it's not, don't beat yourself up. Don't go into condemnation. Don't be discouraged. There is a call. Someone is calling you, and he's calling you to himself, and he's good, and he's holy. It's not on our terms. It's not how we want it to, how we want it to go. God defines and determines the prescription of relationship with him. And just through faith in Christ. There's so much. He's just, he's calling us. He's calling us out of where we are into something new. And he's so good to invite us because he doesn't have to. He absolutely does not have to. It's not anything good in us. We want to think that. But you know what? All have sinned and fall short of God's glory. There is nothing good in me nor you outside of Christ. 
There's nothing good that can earn God's approval. We have to really understand that and say, in spite of me, you died on the cross for me? You love me? What? Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your kindness. Thank you for stooping down to my level. Jesus is amazing. We really don't grasp his love like we could. If we did, we would be so content. We would be so grateful. We would be so filled with joy, to be honest with you. That doesn't mean we don't go through it and the emotions. God knows we're human, but God is calling us. He's inviting us to a deeper intimacy because, God, we're created for intimacy. We are created to be intimate with, the, with God, the creator of heaven and earth. That just, I, you know, I don't always feel it. I'm not, right now, I'm, I'm just thankful I don't always feel it. I struggle with discouragement, envy, all this junk, sin. But think about that. You are created and called into intimacy with God, not just another human. That's, that's wonderful. That is part of his plan. But let's take our minds to think of this is God who created heaven and earth, and he's calling me to know him. <clears throat> but it's under his terms and for his purpose. He is so amazing, so amazing. Praise the Lord. The more we see God rightly, and the more we believe him, the more we will love him. If I don't see him as he really is, the image I've created in my own mind from a kid, this starts as children. We start forming um, images and ideas, <clears throat> see these precious kids, of who God is and what life is as a child. And that stuff can go on into adulthood. And I can still have that idolatry in my mind and have a skewed view of God and be in depression or whatever. When we see him rightly, which is possible, and believe him, we will love him. We will love him. And the more we love God, the more we will trust him. And the more we trust him, the more we're willing to surrender everything, literally even our own life. I'm not there, but you know what? We're being called. Who knows? We're being called to that level of worship and devotion and love with God, that we're willing. Whether it happens or not, we're willing, and we love him, and we want to share it with others, because that's the latter part of this. It's not just for us, but we have to. We love because he first loved us. It's not our own effort. It's not my best effort to go love at the park today. I'm going to go love, and I'm going to do this. It's abiding in relationship with God, in relationship with the body of Christ, through the power of the Holy Spirit and letting love pour forth. He's good, and he's given us each other. Those that have repented of sin and been filled with the Holy Spirit, we're family. And that's another way he wants to show us his love is through each other. That's possible. He's so faithful, so faithful. Oh, my goodness. Um, Part of this, you know, idea and message 
um, came, I think it was last week, Pastor had encouraged us, (laughs) he had encouraged us to read the book of Ephesians. Okay, I'm not going to ask for a raise of hands. I'm looking at some faces. Okay, no. Um, But I did read through Ephesians. It didn't happen like immediately, but eventually I got through there. And it's not just reading. Remember, like I said earlier, it's relationship. It's not just reading and say, I did it, Pastor. But as I was reading Ephesians, it was just so clear. And based on what Pastor was sharing last week, what we're going to learn in the next few weeks about the, the, the bride and the bridegroom, there's a divine invitation. This book of Ephesians was like, the way I see it is like God sending an invitation to this group of people to say, I see where you're at. You deserve wrath like all of mankind. That's how holy I am. But I'm calling you. I'm calling you out of where you are into why you were created, into relationship with me. It's such a beautiful book. It's like this divine invitation, and it's a call, but it's a call into love. Yes, to love others, but into love, who God is, calling me into this love, obedient, grateful relationship. That's God, and he did it to the Ephesian church. That's to all believers. His invite is open to all, all sinners. That's the call. doesn't matter where you've been, what you've done, what you think, what you've thought this morning, the, the hurt you've caused, or the hurt that's been done to you. God Almighty is calling you in your mind, in your soul, in your spirit into a relationship with Him. He's invisible, but he's real, and he's calling us into that. So it's an invitation. What are we doing with that invitation? How am I responding to that invitation? Okay, this is Ephesians. I'm just going to read some of the verses in Ephesians 1, because this helps us to just to think biblical thoughts. It helps us to get our minds on truth and off of, our, off of ourselves. So I'm going to start in verse 3, and then I'll, I'll communicate where I'm going to read. But Ephesians 1, verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Even as he chose us in him, that's in Jesus before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. In love, he, God, predestined us for adoption to himself as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace with which he blessed us in the beloved. Okay, I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time on this, but I honestly encourage you to, even if you don't read the whole book of Ephesians, chew on some of these truths. Now, if one has not put his or her faith in Christ and repented, then that truth has not become a reality in your life. We have to turn and repent to receive forgiveness of our sins in order to enter this relationship. But he's calling you. He's calling you into that. If you have these truths, 
this is reality. It says that before the foundation of the, is it earth or world? I think world, whatever. Um, this world, yeah, that he chose us. That's amazing. Think your mind. Before God created this earth, he chose me. He chose me for what? To have a loving relationship with him. As a believer, that should put something in my spirit to say, what? Thank you. Life is more than what I'm experiencing now. I mean, this is a blessing, but there's more? That's amazing. And it says he adopted us in Christ as sons, or we could say daughters or sons. So we all have earthly fathers. Again, this is something that goes beyond the human reasoning. When we repent and receive the Spirit of God and are born again, we have a heavenly Father. When we go to the park today, just look outside. Look at the sky. Look at the clouds. Look at creation. And as a believer, that's my heavenly Father. What does that even mean? What does that look like? That should change the uh, devotion of my life. That should change my attitude That should change my focus and my investment. That should change my identity. These truths are powerful. So as pastor encouraged us to read Ephesians, I encourage you to dig in. Dig in. Don't make it a checking off a list, but dig into that relationship. There's a call. He's calling you into deeper fellowship, even with all of your and my failures and flaws and doubts and fears and whatever. God is faithful. Are we answering the call? Are you answering the call? There's an invitation. There's an invitation. I'm going to read a few more because this is like packed. Yeah. I'm going to read verse 7 and then I'm going to, okay, I'm just going to read. In him, we have redemption through his blood the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished on us in all wisdom and insight, making known to us the mystery of his will according to his purpose, which he set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things in him, things in heaven and things on earth. Again, that is a heavenly thought. He's going to unite things in heaven and things on earth. What does that mean? I don't fully know, but I'm called into a relationship with the creator who's going to do that. That's mind-blowing in some ways. Yeah, we're humans. We got our struggles. We got our failures, but God created us for a purpose, and it's more than just what we do. It's who we're called to. There's an invitation to trust him in that. Whoa, one day you're going to unite heaven and earth? Praise the Lord. But even these realities should affect our daily, daily lives. He's just amazing. Okay, this part is really good. Um, Verse 11 through 14. In him we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose of him, who works all things according to the counsel of his will, so that we who were the first to hope in Christ might be to the praise of his glory. 
In him, Christ, you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed him, were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee, or in my footnotes it says down payment, of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of his glory. So that's another thing. We have an inheritance. So that should encourage us that we are called into an inheritance. We're called into something that we haven't really hardly tasted much of yet. Not like we will. This is about being uh, setting our minds on things above. God spoke through Paul to the Colossian church to set their minds on things above in Colossians 3. He wants us to do that. And we got to be reminded, encourage each other. Hey, you have a divine inheritance. How's that affecting your life? What does that do to your, your, are you content? Are you willing to suffer now? Are you willing to do the mundane? Are you willing to, you know, humble yourself? And because you have an inheritance, let's encourage each other. Let's remind each other. That should give us grace and, 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 and ability to do the mundane, the daily, regular tasks. We have an inheritance. God is faithful. All right. Um, but these truths are not simply mentally ascertained or grasped. Just the human mind can read that and, yeah, it can affect us and be like, okay, that's cool. You know, praise God. But God reveals things to us through His Spirit. So it's not just an intellectual agreement. Your mind is important. Your mind is involved in faith, in trusting God. But God reveals things to us through His Spirit. That's the way He chose. Um, I'm just going to read some of this. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Uh, verse 9 says, What no eye has seen, nor ear heard, nor the heart of man imagined, what God has prepared for those who love Him. These things God has revealed to us through His Spirit. And verse 12 says, We have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, that we might understand the things freely given us by God. God. So we need the Holy Spirit to illuminate truth. We can't just go about daily life in a nonchalant heart set, mindset, casual, and expect to truly grasp, to truly um, comprehend these things of God. We need the Holy Spirit. We absolutely need the Holy Spirit to illuminate us. So we cry out to the Lord, Lord, reveal your truth to me. Dig into the word. Communicate with other believers. God wants to reveal these truths, but it's going to come through the Holy Spirit. Remember that. It's going to come through the Holy Spirit and through the word of God. But he wants that for you. We have a role to believe, to submit but the Holy Spirit illuminates. He's the spirit of truth. And he wants to reveal the things of God to each one of us. But we also, to grasp this reality of this call, this invitation, we also need the wisdom of God 
through others. We need God's wisdom specifically through spiritual authority and leadership, but also through others in the body of Christ. I can't rely on my own thinking and even my own relationship with God. That's not how God designed it. Now, to some extent, but I need the wisdom of others. So that's going to take humility. That's going to take coming under, acknowledging sometimes when we're struggling, admitting when we're not thinking right. But that's like part A. Sometimes humbling, admitting can become a little easy. Hey, man, I'm, I'm struggling, man, you know, but it still takes humility. But part B is if I'm listening to my pastor or to a leader or even to a brother of mine to value what they're saying and not to just discount it and go back to my original thinking. We need to have our minds renewed because when we see him right and believe him, we will love him more. So step out in faith. Humble yourself. Acknowledge your, your, your need to someone specifically, a leader or someone you trust, but as leadership gives you counsel or even a brother or sister, be willing to consider that. Like, you know what? I may be seeing wrong. I may be completely wrong in how I'm thinking. A vital thing for me has been spiritual authority and my brothers in helping to renew my mind. I still struggle with condemnation, with guilt, with fear. I still battle with it. I would love to say, I, I, you know, I wish I didn't. And Jason corrected me maybe a couple months ago, and he's like, no, you don't. It's like, because I do need to see my need. And through those struggles, God shows me my need. But it is his will for us to be free. It is his will. But I'm sharing this because when I'm thinking these thoughts of condemnation and all this stuff, I even had a chat with Patrick yesterday, and I can vocalize it to someone and say, man, this is what I'm thinking. What does that sound like to you? And they can share feedback, and I can take that and be like, you know what? I'm thinking totally wrong, but I got to act on that. God, I'm going to trust you that you spoke through my brother. I'm going to trust you that he is more mature and sees better in this area of my life than I do. If we don't have joy we all need to have our minds renewed. But there's joy available in Jesus. And it's going to take a renewing of our mind. It might come in a moment. It might happen today or this week that a major breakthrough comes. But it also may take months and months and years and years of mind renewal and fighting the fight of faith to be free from wrong mindsets and strongholds. But when we see him correctly and believe him, we will love him more. So don't be discouraged. If you're struggling, humble yourself to leadership and let's be honest and let's trust. Let's trust God and let's trust God that he uses others to help correct our thinking. Ultimately, it's the word of God. It's got to line up with truth, okay? It's got to line up with truth. But let's trust God that he uses his body because no human is perfect. Praise the Lord. All right. Um, Paul the Apostle is a great example of this call. Again, he's the one that wrote this book inspired by the Holy Spirit, but he wrote majority of the New Testament, right? I believe he wrote a lot of the books. I think it's majority of the New Testament. 
He was called to great things. And Adam shared on Wednesday some of the torture and physical um, injuries he went through. He was shipwrecked. He was beaten. He was stoned with rocks. I mean, this man went through it. He was called to be a light to bring the gospel to the Gentiles. He was called. But here's the thing about Paul. He wasn't only called to love others. He was invited and called into love, biblical love, but a relationship with God through Jesus Christ. How could he be lashed? How could he be stoned with rocks and get up eventually and go back out and boldly proclaim the gospel? How could he forgive people like Stephen when he was being stoned and ask God to forgive them? How do they do that? Like what? That's not natural. Come on. I get upset and offended easily. You know, someone doesn't have to throw a rock at me. It's just they look at me wrong or they don't talk to me, you know? But they, he had something. Paul had something. And I'm going to share from Philippians chapter 1, verse 21 through 23. This is where God wants to take us. We are being called, not just us, but the body of Christ into this type of relationship. Philippians 1, 21 through 23. This is Paul. He says, For me, to live is Christ, and to die is gain. If I am to live in the flesh or the body, that means fruitful labor for me. Yet which I shall choose, I cannot tell. I am hard-pressed between the two. My desire is to depart and be with Christ, for that is far better. Do you hear Paul's heart? What's he saying there? If I stay here on earth, that's going to be hard work. To die is even better. I desire to be with Jesus. Do you hear his heart? He had answered the invitation. Now, he had a pretty intense encounter, but he still responded to the invitation. But he was invited into this relationship that he loved Jesus so much that he, was, he wanted to go and be with Jesus. Not die in a bad way, but to go and be with him. And then in chapter 3, Paul was willing to lose everything for the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, his Lord. That's amazing. Is that possible for you? Is that possible for you, for me? It is. All things are possible to him that believes. But remember, this isn't a microwavable process. You know, we want things quick and instant. And we can have, we can have experiences in God that are great, but we have his word and we have his Holy Spirit as the rock, okay? This, this is a relationship. This is going to take time to walk this out. And then we may face things and like, man, I'm back to this same mindset of condemnation or guilt or this same bondage or this same thing I'm struggling with. Okay, well, lift your eyes to Jesus. Acknowledge it, repent, and look to Jesus. Acknowledge your sin or your unbelief. Repent. Okay, God, I'm wrong. I'm sorry. And then look to Jesus and follow him, love him, get back into fellowship. Don't let the enemy or your pride keep you from this invitation. And it's a daily invitation. 
It's not a one-time thing. We heard that in one of the songs. It didn't say those exact words, but it's daily. Every day we wake up is a divine invitation to know God a little bit more. It's a divine invitation to chew on that reality. If I've been born again and repented and surrendered and received salvation by grace, not my works, every day is an invitation to know, God, you chose me before you formed the world. God, in faith, I'm now your son. I'm forgiven. There's an invitation to you to ponder that and to live in that reality because that is life-changing because what will happen is we take what we have and we go to the park, and it flows through us, and it's genuine, and it's real. But when it doesn't feel genuine and real, God gave us faith. Just because you don't feel it doesn't mean you don't step out and walk in it. Faith. We're called to live in faith, not our feelings. Faith in what? Faith in Jesus. It's not faith in your ability or my ability. And I struggle with that. I struggle with that. But that's what I'm, I'm called to live in faith. This is a blessing. Church, people, family, this is the call, the invite on our lives right now. And it's in spite of me, in spite of us. All right, praise the Lord. <laughs> so I'm going to read a few more things and then I'm going to work my way to a closing. Um, so as I believe I mentioned it earlier, but this call is not just for us. It is a call into relationship with God, even for the kids in this room. Every child in here, you were created to know God. There's a God in heaven who created the heavens and the earth. He created the beautiful animals. He created you. He created your family. And he is inviting you. He is calling you. Yes, to obey your parents. Yes, to love. But he's inviting you to know him, not just with your mind, but to receive his Holy Spirit and to know him. That's beautiful. And that's for you. That's for you as well. But we're also called, let me see here. We're called to walk in the Spirit and not the flesh. We're called to deny ourselves, take up our cross, and to follow Jesus. We're called to love like Jesus. Whoa. Listen to this verse. This is Jesus in John chapter 15, verse 12. <laughs> this is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Has anyone got that down yet? That reality, is that flowing out of our hearts? It's not natural. It's not natural. But is it possible? God can do that. When we receive the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is, is God. I can't explain all that. We have the life of God. And God wants to fill us so that we can love like that, so that we're so enamored with him, like in Song of Solomon. Love what Pastor was sharing. I saw a part of it said, uh, I think it was chapter 5, verse 1b, eat, friends, drink, and be drunk with love. Like when we're so enamored in love and grateful, then we're going to be willing to lay our lives down. Like, okay, Lord, and it can be something great. Like go boldly speak the gospel. 
When you're at Walmart, go boldly speak the gospel. But God's love can do something in your heart where we are grateful for the simple things we do day in and day out. God's love can help you choose and his grace choose to be a faithful worker at your place of employment. Faithful, not complaining, not even in your heart. And when you do, repenting. Faithful. That's a fruit of the Spirit, faithfulness. The love of God can do that. The love of God can help you to be the best mother or father that he's created you to be. Yeah, with flaws. Yeah, with struggles. Yeah, we got the heart issues and we complain at times, but confess it and let his love change you because you're called. If you're a parent, you're called to be a parent. Mothers, you're called to love those children so that they can grow up in the presence of God. And they're eating on that fruit through mom and dad. They're eating the fruit of the Holy Spirit through others. They're seeing it. They're tasting it. And they want it. Yeah, they'll see your humanity, your struggles, be vulnerable. But man, God is faithful. And the more we're we're answering that invite of love, that call to love, the more we're going to be okay at doing the things we don't necessarily pumped or excited to do. But that's what we're called to do. We're called to deny ourselves, take up our cross and follow him. So God is calling us into deeper relationship with him. So how are we as a body responding to that call? How are we responding to the call of God here at Lighthouse, but even in Grant County, worldwide, as the body of Christ to that call? I do think us coming together, doing the prayer on Friday nights, um, Adam has mentioned another prayer thing, but even the fellowship is so beautiful. And even the potluck today, coming together to hear the word, but coming together in fellowship, that's responding to that invitation of God, because we do know him through each other as well. But God is calling you. He is calling each one of us from something and somewhere into something different. Again, it may be a, something you just see as supernatural in the moment, but it may be a day-by-day decision and you can look back and see the maturity and the growth that God has done in your life. So he's calling you. He's calling you to pick up his word. He's calling you to read and chew on his word. He's calling you to fellowship with the body of Christ. He's calling you to turn from away, each of us, to turn from our own rebellion, whether we've never surrendered to him or daily rebellion that can be in our hearts. He's calling us to come under, under his authority so that we can taste and see that the Lord is good. So the invite is there for you. Every day is a divine invitation, every day, to those truths in Ephesians, to the truth in Luke 9.23, to deny ourselves. That's an invitation. To take up our cross, that's an invitation. But listen to this part, and to follow Jesus. That's an invite. God doesn't have to do that. How are you responding to that truth? How am I responding to that truth? And it could be something if we open this altar up for people to come humble themselves and say, God, I'm not doing it. That could be how God touches you. But it's also when you leave this building, 
What are the habits, the disciplines, the mindset, the heart set? Are you applying what you've been taught in God's Word? That's where it's really going to happen, the daily. And that's why fellowship is so important, being together as the body. So God is calling us. <clears throat> All right, praise the Lord. Um, in Luke 14, there's the story of the banquet. Uh, a man threw a banquet for people. And he invited them, and then he sent his servants out to let them know things are ready. Um, I was reading Matthew Henry's, Henry's commentary that apparently this is talking about the Jews first. So God in, invited them, and some of the men in the story started making excuses. I have to tend to my, I'm paraphrasing, my business. Or one guy said, I got married, I believe. They, they made excuses on why they were not going to, was it to the wedding? So there was a banquet, but they made excuses. Now, that's talking to the Jews. So Jesus, in this story, um, sent his servants out to others. Well, go tell the others. That's the Gentiles. That's us. And then he gave another group of people, I believe. It's like those that just, the down and outers. To me, that just shows the love of God. He's the one inviting. We didn't initiate this thing. That shows the love of God. He is inviting us into relationship with Him. And yeah, that's showing the Jews and the Gentiles, but how many of us make excuses? I justify so much in my own actions on why I won't surrender to the Lord. Maybe not as much uh, consciously, but subconsciously in my whatever. I don't know how to explain all that, but we make excuses. But God is calling us. That invitation is there. So I'm just looking forward to daily answering this call. God is calling me. And he's calling me, yes. He's calling you, yes, to go out. When we're at the park today, who knows? The Holy Spirit we're trusting is drawing people. He's drawing people to Jesus we're called to lay our lives down and to go. That's happening. But we must remember, we love because he loved us. It can't be in our own strength. We need the power of the Holy Spirit, and we need a revelation, a clear sight of who God is. But I'll say this, and then I'll get to a time of um, invitation and prayer. If you're not where you think you should be, if you're not enamored in his love, if you can't sing those lyrics and say, all my delight is in you, don't condemn yourself. Acknowledge where you're off. Humble yourselves. And then look to Jesus and step out in the faith you do have. God is still calling us to be a light in this community. God is calling us to be a light to our family. It's not about us. This whole love, sick, love, drunken love, this, you know, that's for us. That's what we're created for. But there are people who do not believe. There are people who have continued to make excuses. And God is calling them because he cares. He's calling them and he wants to use our lives. God wants to use your life, whether it's with your own children or in a, more, in a ministry type setting. God is calling you to that. So... Um, I'm going to open up this altar in a moment. If I could have Josh. Is Josh still here? Is he busy? 
just to play um, a little bit. Unless, Pastor, did you want to sh- actually, did you want to sh- share something? No? Um, okay, praise the Lord. So I'm going to have Josh play, and I'm going to invite anyone to the altar or in your seat, but to think of, okay, God, I have been invited into a loving relationship with you. Am I responding to that? Have I responded by surrendering my heart and my life to you? Am I daily responding to that? God, have I become bitter? God, have I become angry? God, am I just filled with self and love of the world? Check, let's check our hearts for a moment. And the invitation is not just to an altar. The invitation is to repentance, which leads to salvation, to relationship with God, whether you've been seeking the Lord or you never have. So as Josh plays, um, I'm going to pray, and we're just going to open this altar. If you want to take some time with the Lord to answer that invitation, and if you want to do it in your seat, praise the Lord. And as people come, I do ask if um, there would be some people available to pray with you if you want someone to pray. But I do want to clarify this. If you've never answered his call, if you have made excuses of the invitation of a holy, just, and loving God, if you keep making excuses and have never entered into fellowship with him, He's inviting you. He's inviting you to humble yourself. He's inviting you into the greatest soul, spirit-satisfying relationship that is not only meant for earth, it's for eternity. He's inviting you out of the wrath that we deserve, the punishment, into his mercy. That is God. He's calling you. He's calling me. If you've never responded, respond to his invitation. Respond to his invitation. Father, I just thank you. I thank you, God. I thank you, God. You're calling. You don't have to. You don't have to, God. We have all rebelled. We have all gone our own way. We've all doubted. We've all we've been angry. We've been bitter. We've been content living below what you've called us to, God. We've been casual in some degree, God, but you're calling us into relationship with you and you're calling us into deeper intimacy with you. So God, I pray in the name of Jesus that you remind us of who you are. Remind us of this call. Remind us of this invitation, God. And God, give us grace. Give us grace to trust you, God. Thank you, God. I praise you, God. Thank you, Lord.